Hello everyone, bienvenidos, bienvenidas. This is Christine Vega with Chicana Motherwork. I'm here live with Seth and Yvette and our guest Itzel. Um, so we're going to introduce ourselves. We're really excited to be here. We're going to start talking about some of these, um, some of the things we've been brainstorming and thinking about. So I think we're going to start with introductions and I'll be the last one. So I want to move on to Yvette. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> okay, pues. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Yvette Martinez Vu. I am a first-gen Chicana from the San Fernando Valley, San Fernando specifically, so San Fer. Um, I am, I, I guess I, I just finished my PhD in Ooh. theater and performance studies <laughs> <laughs> at UCLA. <laughs> And I'm currently splitting my time between working as a scholarship advisor at the Scholarship Resource Center and a grad mentor for undergrads at the UCLA um, Undergraduate Research Center. And I'm also working on amazing projects like this one, the Chicana Motherwork Project, and another project called uh, Mothers of Color, the UCLA Academics. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that at the end of the podcast. Um, so that's me. Hi, Mujeres. I hope Mujeres are out there. Shout out to all our friends and family who are, helped made this possible. Um, so my name is uh, Cecilia, Ceci. Um, I have a six-year-old son, Aloncito, and um, I am a PhD candidate at the University of Southern California in the Department of American Studies and Ethnicity. And um, my work is on Chicana feminist cultural production, um, including literature, visual art, and um, and so I'm really excited for the podcast. Uh, we started this. We're going to talk more about how and why we started um, this collective. And um, so I'm really excited uh, to share with uh, listeners and each other. And hopefully we can keep building this. Um, some other things about me not related to school. <laughs> uh, I like to um, write poetry, fiction, lift weights. Um, and I'm also an urban gardener, so I'm a farmer at Berkta Hardin, which we're also going to talk about later. And um, I'm going to pass it over now to uh, Christine. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Christine Vega. I am a fourth-year doctoral student at the School of Education at UCLA. I am a mama. I have a two-year-old boy named Hanizio. Uh, my partner is also a doctoral student, so we're both education, one education, we're both educators uh, trying to get our school on. Um, based off uh, my son's birth, I um, really changed my dissertation to look at uh, experiences of Chicanas and Latinas and Indigena identified women, um, specifically looking at retention and attrition of Chicanas um, before completing the doctoral degree. Um, very much is this centered uh, this work based on our experiences meeting these mamas uh, and meeting other parents have really, really shaped um, this desire and this labor of love to continue doing this work because our stories are very critical, are very important. We're trying to demystify um, what's out there, right? Really, really ch change the paradigm. So I'm really uh, passionate about this work. It's what I live and breathe every day, I feel. But besides that work, um, I think this sense of activism that we're all involved in is also feeding our spirit and I think that's really really major for all of us um, aside from being involved in school um, and doing some of this activism work that's really um, enriching um, I'm a runner I am a dance on the sabbatical 
um, I also um, like to draw and paint. Um, I love and connect really much with the earth, so I really like hiking and camping and just being out there. So really looking forward to a spring break coming up for those on the quarter system. But um, should we introduce our, our guest? Oh, um, <laughs> do you want to say something? You want to say hi? Hi, everyone. I'm Itzel Martinez, and I'm Yvette's sister. So, yeah, I'm just here joining. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> and um, we also have two other women, part of the Chicana Motherwork Collective, who are not able to be here today. But um, one of them is um, Judy, who is a PhD student uh, candidate at the University of Utah in educational leadership and policy. She's a mama of three kids, so you know, respect. <laughs> <laughs> About out. <laughs> and um, so hopefully she'll be able to join us next time. And um, Michelle uh, Tejas, uh, she's a senior lecturer at Northern Arizona University. And um, part of her work looks at Gigana Mothering in the academy. And um, we're going to talk a little later about um, how us as PhD students found an article that Michelle published about mother mothering as a chicana in the academy and um and this is how this collective kind of came together um so that's michelle and judy and uh hopefully they'll be able to share more about themselves uh at the next podcast um we're gonna move on to um the dedication of this podcast um we're dedicating this first podcast to berta caceres who was an indigenous environmental justice rights activist from honduras who was assassinated in her home uh, just two days ago on march 2nd as a result of um uh her political work but also um of the clinton-backed honduran regime and um she so caceres did a lot of important grassworks uh, grassroots organizing um, she was able to halt a dam that was to be constructed in her um, homeland without indigenous consent. So um, we honor Bertha, we honor all indigenous women and mothers who defend sacred life and land. Her death's not in vain, and we as Chicana mothers of the United States, we must continue her legacy and to keep fighting, keep resisting, and imagining and creating better worlds for ourselves and for our children. Um, here in Boyle Heights in LA, but all over the world. So thank you, Bertha. And, um, you know, we honor her and her memory and her work. Okay. So we're moving on to uh, talking a little bit more about how we came about this work, um, specifically the project with Chicana Mother Work. Um, and so I'll start a little bit in the women. I mean, we're all going to jump in um, to talk about this, this, this very critical work for each and every one of us. So it all started, um, and actually, maybe you girls want to talk about how you contacted, how we all kind of contacted each other, because then that yeah. moved on to the panel at ASA, and then I can talk about ASA. Um, sure, yeah, let's uh, talk a little bit about our, um, our get-together. Cecilia, maybe you can talk about um, how we came across Michelle's article on uh, Chicana single motherhood and how we then came together to form this panel. So um, a couple of years ago, Michelle published an article about um, Chica uh, single Chicana mothering in the academy. And so she refers to this in her title. And um, I saw someone shared it on Facebook as soon as it came out. And um, immediately I, you know, read it as soon as I saw it because I never had seen any kind of writing that specifically spoke to single Chicana moms in the academy, in academia. And I'm a single Chicana mom. 
And um, I think, you know, mothering, being a mother of color in a PhD program is already very isolating. But um, I think I also felt, um, I also felt especially isolated because um, although I do, there is this network that we have here in LA or and beyond of other uh, PhD moms of color, most of the other moms that I knew had partners and I didn't have a partner and um, I lived alone with my son and um, and I share custody with him, my son's dad, but um, I have most of the custody, so most of my time is with him, um, with me, uh, And but then he goes with his dad, um, not as often, but you know, still regular. So, um, so I felt really isolated in terms of, you know, even that, because I think that's another difficulty of like, what does it mean to partner or co-parent or, um, you know, what does it mean to be a single parent household and, you know, all of these questions. So when I saw Michelle's article, I was just blown away by the way that she used her own testimonial, her own story of how she was able to, um, parent her child as a single mother in academia. And, you know, I was incredibly moved by the story. And um, this was around the time that um, a call for papers for the American Studies Association was coming out. And this is when I reached out to Yvette and um, I emailed her and, you know, asked her if she was interested in forming a panel for the um, for uh, the American Studies Association. So I don't know if you want to talk. Yeah. So um, for those of you that are curious what article we're referring to, it's titled Lectures, Evaluations, and Diapers, Navigating the Terrains of Chicana Single Motherhood in the Academy by Michelle Tellez. And so um, when Cecilia approached me about getting involved in this panel, I was really excited. At the time, um, my current two-year-old son was a newborn, and I was kind of trying to navigate what it means to become uh, Chicana mama in academia. Um, so we started to kind of gather together our networks, friends, colleagues, and I thought about um, about Christine because she and I had met when we were both pregnant. We happened to be on the UCLA campus on the south end of campus. That's like the science side. <laughs> we're in the humanities and social sciences. So here are two Chicana two pregnant Chicana mamas who randomly bump into each other um, at UCLA. Turns out we're both from the hood and from the San Fernando <laughs> Valley. And um, we got along well. That's the first person that came to mind. So then from there, we approached Christine to see if she wanted to um, collaborate on this panel. And so after meeting uh, Yvette, um, I, I like to tell a story like how I, I decided to approach her. She's carrying this, rolling this really cool handbag, like backpack, right? It's like yeah, a, it's a red backpack. rolling bag. And it was really cute. And I'm like, oh, she has these beaded earrings on. Like, she's totally approachable. And she's wearing red lipstick, like total Chicana, right? So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like I can go up to her. like, And so I didn't see, I didn't notice her pancita. Um, and I was just grabbing food because I'm a little bougie. I like some real good food. We were at the, what is it, bomb shelter they call mm -hmm. it. It's a Bristol place. And I was like, I should approach her because that bag is, is good because I had I was getting back pain from carrying my heavy backpack around campus while pregnant. Um, so I approached her and so we realized we're like, we're like, hey, you're pregnant. Oh, my God, I'm pregnant. And then we realized we're from the San Fernando Valley and um, connected that way. And I invited her. Um, I think several weeks after to um, help me facilitate a conversation from the book Presumed Incompetent um, on the experiences of uh, women of color 
in academia. Um, so we were able to deconstruct that, one of those chapters. And we'll send these links to you. Um, we're on Instagram and we're on Facebook. Just look up Chicana Motherwork and we can post these, the links oh, to this. And Twitter. And Twitter. Oh, thank you. On Twitter um, for these articles and these books that we make reference to. Um, so that's how I met Yvette. We, we presented at uh, my advisors, RAG, Daniel Solorzano. Um, we talked about our experiences feeling visible and invisible on campus as pregnant Chicanas. And that kind of just organically started to happen. And so once they they, they brought me into this um, proposal, I, I thought of like, who else is out there that is not here in the state of California? And I thought about Judy. And I thought about other mujeres. And I thought about Judy specifically because I remember she would talk about her experiences at being a mom because when I met her, I was completing my master's at the University of Utah and um, she was doing it. Like she was in the doctoral program with, with babies and I'm like, let's pull her in. And so we did. And that's how we got Judy involved too. So at that point for the um, the American Studies Association panel, the ASA panel, um, so we had the four panelists, you know, we worked, we were working on, um, you know, the description for the panel. And, you know, at that point, our panel was titled Mothers of Color in Academia. And so, of course, Michelle was our first and ideal pick to serve as the chair for that panel. And I remember um, I was so nervous and excited <laughs> that I, I actually did not want to be the one to send the email. <laughs> So then I <laughs> worked up the courage to draft an email to Michelle, not expecting anything. And to our surprise, she was down. She was supportive. She wanted to meet us. Um, and that's how it kind of all came together. We met each other as a group for the first time at ASA in downtown L.A. Um, that was 2014, correct? Yeah. Um, and since then, we've been trying to, we realized all of us um, self-identify as Chicanas. And so we modified our work and we started reading more about motherhood and the labor that we do um, within and outside the academy. And that's when we started to learn more about ideas around, around mother work. So I think we, we'd like to transition right now to talk a little more about what Chicana mother work means to us. Okay, so I guess I'll read this. Um, so what does Chicana Mother Work mean? Chicana Mother Work is a concept and project informed by our specific gendered, classed, and racialized experiences. All of us self-identify as first-generation Chicanas. We have children ranging from infants, toddlers, and kids. For us, Chicana Mother Work offers a new interpretation of mother work that looks at care work in a way that includes what we do in our communities through activism, self-care, healing, survival, and accountability. Rather than thinking about motherhood as an essentialist term, we view it as a construct and want to open up the category for, other, for, the, uh, for the mother. We believe that mother work should be expansive and communal, meaning that everyone should participate. As Chicanas, we also want to highlight our specific class and cultural experiences being raised in the U.S. by Mexican immigrant parents. Um, I wanted to add something here. That cool. I think part of the conversation, too, is like, um, and we do this work with, uh, with, the, with the mothers of color in academia, Grupo that we acknowledge. Um, this is a very heteronormative um, construct, right, and an idea. And so we we want to bring in the conversation of um, of in of of um, 
bringing the conversation of lgbtq communities to participate in this too because not all mamas are straight not all mamas have a heterosexual relationship um not all mothers are identified as female so you want to make sure we acknowledge that that's that's an ongoing um, conversation that we're also having within ourselves and um just to add to that like this project while it it started by people who self-identify as Chicana. We want to be inclusive. We want to be expansive. We want to get together with allies. We'll be bringing in guest speakers in the future who may not necessarily be mothers, but who are helping care for our children or who have something to say about the topic. Um, and just to speak a little bit more to the question of, um, or to you know, our allies, potential allies, or you know, um, because in in our own lived experience or in the research that we've done, you know, mothering is still kind of this individual construction where, um, you know, all the care and uh, child care, child raising should be, you know, to the biological parents, um, you know, but that's a really, you know, we're interrupting that essentialist kind of um, construct that has, you know, been, um, you know, created, which is, you know, connected to like, you know, white nuclear family kind of, family structures, which, you know, has not been the case for a lot of, um, you know, women of color in our families and, you know, for generations. Um, so for allies, you know, we we're also thinking of Chicana mother work, you know, as a call to allies to um, join us and support us and, you know, labor with us and on our behalf, because this work should not just fall solely on the mothers so our allies are incredibly important because they need so you know this is a call to action for allies or those who don't have children to take up the labor you know and work with us and on our behalf so um if y'all are curious about so why should we be following chicana mother work um what's the purpose of the podcast what are some of the things that they're going to cover um why should i support um what we're really trying to do is, is create a space uh, for Chicana mothers, mothers of color, and allies in general to, to support us, to get together, and to revolutionize this concept of mothering and mother work. Um, we, we would like to you know, bring in more platicas, to bring in topics related to women of color mothering, and then we'd also like to bring in guest speakers who will have something to say on the topic. So I'm really excited to bring in um, you know, since um, Radio Sombra is hosting this um, podcast, so we're here uh, recording at Espacio in Boyle Heights. So even here in the community of Boyle Heights, there's just so many amazing mothers I could think of off the top of my head, just, you know, uh, activists, um, you know, teachers, um, mothers, just incredible, incredible women. And I'm really looking forward to bringing them here to, um, you know, share with to share with us and, you know, build with us. And um and I'm also thinking about LA in general and, um, you know, giving voice to um, mothers of color and creating our own space um, together. So if y'all want to get together with us and have a platica, hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell you more about our Facebook groups, our Twitter, our Instagram. That way you can join us and get, get started on the conversation. Okay. What if we take a short break and then come back? So... We're going to uh, play some music. <laughs> Please bear with us as we learn. <laughs> We're learning how to, how to do this. We'll be right back.
Okay. So we're gonna check. We'll just do a check in. Um, start with Sessie. It looks like it says Sessie check in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so we're just going to do a check in and a proud mama moment. So um, check in. Um, there's a lot going on just in terms of, you know, the dissertation. So I'm in my fifth year. Um, still working on this dissertation. My plan is to graduate um, the following spring. So, um, so I'm still working on that. And um, I'm writing about Chicana feminist culture production. And one of the chapters that I'm writing about is about Burak Dahardin here in Boyle Heights. And um, as some of you may have heard, um, there's currently um, a planton. Um, and so we don't necessarily want to use the term occupation, but there's a 24 hour, seven days a week presence at the Jardin. Um, it started uh, January 31st. So um, I'm an urban farmer there. So I'm working with uh, the farmers there to um, help save work the Jardin um, because the landowners want to, uh, you know, evict or take over um, management of the garden, even though it's been in the community of Boyle Heights hands for 17 years and now they're they came in and served us with um, an eviction notice so so doing doing the rain at the same time that this you know planton or this uh, you know resistance um, is and activism is happening it's just been unfolding at the same time and of course on top of that parenting um, my six-year-old son who's in kindergarten and um, you know and it's really hard to reconcile, you know, between my dissertation work, my parenting work, and now the activism and organizing that's happening through Berk the Jardin. And um, so, you know, so we, I'm looking forward to talking more about that with, you know, the other Chicana moms here, with our future guest speakers. Um, you know, how do we, is there a way to implement this? Or if not, you know, what can different spaces serve or how can we make different spaces serve the best function for us as mothers in all of these multiple spaces. So um, my proud mama moment is related to Burke Dahardin. So um, Aloncito, um, he's been, you know, as a six-year-old, he's been, um, you know, very, very curious. He's been a very, he's had a presence, you know, in the organizing meetings, but also just being present at the Jardin and going to, um, events that are affiliated with saving the Jardin. So, um, so if you're interested about Burke the Jardin, definitely um, you could use the hashtag save Burke the Jardin, follow Burke the Jardin on Facebook. Um, so we're always taking donations, you know, people could stay the night. So, you know, there's a lot of things that community folks can do to help support us. Um, Burke the Jardin is especially important to me because, um, you know, there's so few spaces for women of color period anywhere. So this is why I'm just so excited you know, that we even started this collective, the Chicana Motherwork Collective. But also at Berkta Jardin, um, it's been in existence for 17 years and the leadership has historically been um, women of color, specifically Chicana Latina women from the community who have managed and run Berkta Jardin and, you know, helped it grow and develop. Um, you know, it's Berkta Jardin is intergenerational. However, we also have, you know, babies, uh, kids, you know, young adults, um, you know, we have, folks from every age in between all the way up to elders who are part of our members but the majority 
of the farmers, the urban farmers are women of color. So, you know, this space is especially crucial for, you know, to, it's so important to fight and preserve it. So um, I've been explaining to Aloncito and he's been observing a lot, you know, what's been happening at the Jardin. So um, recently we were at um, the Boyle Heights Neighborhood Council meeting um, where, where I spoke in support of the resolution to, um, for the neighborhood city council in support of Break the Jardin um, against uh, White Memorial, the, the uh, owners of the land. And, you know, as I went up there in front of the city hall um, to go speak to the audience, which was full of, you know, community support, a lot of community members came, um, you know, Nalcito, you know, runs all, you know, as fast as he can down <laughs> the aisle to, you know, come and I'm like chasing after him <laughs> and I go to the front and as I'm speaking, um, you know, he puts his little, his fist up. So that, Aww. that <laughs> brown power fist, you know, <laughs> and, um, so that was a really proud moment for me, not just because, you know, these are moments that are, um, you know, sometimes it's like elevating these moments of, you know, like that picture perfect kind of moment, but it's more than that. It's just kind of the culmination of what he's observed and experienced and how he's participated in this organizing process to save the Jardin. So I'm really, really proud of him and everything that he's done. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to more of his um, participation in saving the garden. All right, so checking in. Um, well, in terms of the check-in, something that I'm getting out of Cecilia and what she shared with us right now is that a lot of the work that we do is interwoven. You know, it's not like we can just separate or isolate our identities as scholars, as laborers, as activists, as mamas. And I think for me, my check-in right now, um, since recently completing the PhD, I'm in this really awkward stage where I'm not technically employed full-time, but I'm looking for work and I'm juggling three part-time jobs right now to try to make ends meet while also working on these amazing projects that mean a lot to me. So um, what's on my mind right now is really just just making time for self-care and for myself. And um, like I mentioned earlier, I, I divvy up my time between um, mentoring undergraduates and uh, advising students who are applying to scholarships. And then I'm also a reader for a course in the UCLA theater department, which means I grade many papers. <laughs> um, and, and then on top of that, I'm making time for family because I'm really, really close to my family in the San Fernando Valley. Um, also making time for these projects, Chicana Mother Work, Mothers of Color in Academia. And so I'm just, just trying to make time for myself as well in between, in between parenting. And um, in terms of my proud mama moment, um, I have a two-year-old. He's... He's been learning to talk, but he's he's struggled a little. Um, we found out over winter break that he has um, a con or he has something called childhood apraxia of speech, which means that he um, he struggles in terms of like in his brain he struggles to be able to develop and actually pronunciate or enunciate words. Um, so certain certain. Um, certain letters, certain, especially certain consonants he can't pronounce very well, but recently he's gone through this amazing um, spurt, like speaking progress, like all of a sudden he's pronouncing words that he couldn't pronounce at all, like he, had, he struggled with saying 
um, more, he would say, or, or he struggled with saying um, just any, any words. And now all of a sudden he's, he's talking so much and it's, it just, it's just amazing to be, you know, constantly um, helping him, assisting him with his speaking and to see him interact and interact with other kids and have other kids understand him, having him like become more social and more independent and take agency and not really become so reliant on his parents. That makes me really proud as a mama. Um, that doesn't mean that, you know, he's not going to struggle. He's going to continue struggling, but he, you know, we're here to advocate for him and every, every little stride that he makes makes us incredibly proud. So that's my proud mama moment. It's my, my son learning to speak more words in English and Espanol. Cool. Um, for me, well, um, right now I'm currently, um, since I'm a fourth year, I completed my qualifying exams last quarter. Um, shout out to my friend Jackie, um, who let me borrow her home this week, that, that weekend to spend the time to write my qualifying exams and still go home in the evening to spend time and have dinner with my family. Like I really had a plan. And so that was like a really big milestone for me last quarter, which really bled into um proposing and i was supposed to propose by the end of this quarter but i was like you know like that's cool and all but i really want to take my time um with this work and so i'm really grateful for my circle of friends who were like you're gonna get there at the time that you're gonna get there just right and so um those qualifying exams turned into a lot of my 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 proposal um and i'm really happy about that that was some of the best advice i got from a lot of my mentors and femtors like qualifying exams should be what your project is about um and so i i'm currently working on i completed my chapter one with some edits um i'm gonna i'm working on my chapter two which is my lit review um but i'm doing it in two sections because i have a lot of theory and i love theory um and so i'm really working towards um implementing the the mother work motherhood literature and um so i'm breaking it up into two sections And I think it was really overwhelming because um, I really wanted to approach all the theory, all the literature at the same time. And it wasn't until I ran into a friend yesterday um, and, and femtor, Denise Pacheco, who was like, girl, take it like take it in sections. She's like, just worry about four to five readings. And that's the, the core of your work. And I'm like, oh, my God, that feels more like much more doable because we have mujeres here. We have a lot of literature we're looking at and it, it could become overwhelming. And so just kind of getting some words of advice from from Denise was really calming and soothing to feel like, okay, I can approach it. So I did that yesterday. I sat down And I just like divided my Patricia Hill Collins and then divided like my current work on graduate students, mothers. And that was like much more feasible, I feel. And like less, I felt like less anxiety about approaching it. It's, it feels easier. So I'm really excited because it literally took me like an hour, 30 minutes to an hour to just deconstruct the first two paragraphs of um, Patricia Hill Collins's book. And we'll put that link up too because her work, um, was really fundamental and it's becoming really fundamental to my research and so there's a book out called uh, mothering ideology experience and agency and patricia hill collins wrote this really really amazing and powerful chapter here and it was published in 1994 called shifting the center race class and feminist theorizing about motherhood so this is that one chapter that's really um becoming um foundational in my work because i center race in all of my work um 
so that's what I'm doing currently, and I'm getting really excited about the research. And I think we're going to plug in something real soon about uh, a book that just came out. Um, but before that, I'm going to talk about uh, my proud mama moment. Um, my son, he's also two, actually three weeks. Uh, is it younger or older? Young, younger. Yeah, than younger. Your, although he's... He's a little bigger, so little I, always, I always picture Hanitio as older than Emiliano. Because he's a little beast. Yeah, he's a little taller. <laughs> I, I, that boy's going to be like six feet or something. He's really big. Um, yeah, I always feel, yeah, I don't, they're the, the same age, basically, right? It's pretty much. Pretty much. And so Hanitio um, currently has been asking us, and it caught us off guard during that drives home. He's like, Mama, how was your day? And I'm like, what? Like what? Like I was like t- taken aback. Like what is that? I didn't I didn't understand what he was asking at first. I didn't like I was like I'm probably hearing wrong. He like, how was your day? And I'm like, oh, uh, my day was good. And then he's like, oh okay. Like he'll like just oh okay. Um, but when one of those instances, I think it was last week. I think it was Friday last week. Cause on Fridays we take him out. It's sushi night and ice cream night. Do we do sushi and ice cream for him on Fridays? Although Dad wants to do pizza tonight. Um, he asked mama how was your day and i'm like i'm really exhausted and he did this face like of concern um like i can't hear um he did this face of concern um like he was like kind of worried about me and i'm like can i hold your hand and i'm like driving holding the wheel with one hand and he's holding my 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 hand and he's like okay so he was just holding my hand because i expressed to him i'm really tired it's just a sense of concern and love and like acknowledgement was like damn that's really cool like they're so chiquitos and they're they they can associate like these feelings of exhaustion or just like he's i feel like he was holding space for mama and that was really powerful for me and i'm like man i'm a little medicine baby like he's legit you know (laughs) so it made me feel really good and really proud that we can teach him to acknowledge feelings and and check in with us like who does that right like no one checks with us except if it's us you know Um, that was my proud mama moment Sometimes we gotta let our kids mother us. Yes. True. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned, I've just, mothering has just been the most difficult but most rewarding thing yeah. that I've done in my life. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so now we're gonna switch to another topic. Um, so this is the book Christine referred to, or we referred to in other parts of the of uh, the podcast so far so um a book was just published um about uh revolutionary mothering love on the front lines so um by alexis pauline gums china martyrs uh martins and maya williams so um we're definitely looking forward to um having um a reading circle uh, you know we invite mothers other mothers of color uh or those who identify as, you know, revolutionary mothers or who want to know more about what that means, um, how to integrate uh, parenting for social justice, you know, with their children um, in multitudes of ways. So, you know, not just frontline kind of activism, but, you know, the everyday daily acts of mothering and um, surviving and thriving. So um, I am on page 66 so far, <laughs> but I absolutely, I'm in love with this book. Um, so the preface or the dedication to this book, I'm just gonna read is, um, this book is dedicated to all the revolutionary mothers 
and all the revolutions they've created because mothering is love by any means necessary. And um, the editors, the editors of this volume, locate um, their uh, genealogy in uh, queer Black feminist um, history, and you know this is incredibly important. And so we, as Chicana mothers, are definitely um, in solidarity and aligned with um, the history that they're grounding their revolutionary mother, revolutionary mothering, and and um, so you know we're looking forward to having. Uh, a future podcast talk more in, more in detail about the different chapters. Um, there's a wonderful uh, essay by June Jordan, who was a queer black mother um, who passed away, you know, far too young of cancer. But um, she has um, an incredible essay talking about uh, children, the function of children's literature, and um, you know how that how children themselves can inform, you know, our own. Um, can inform uh the way that we parent well they do inform the way that we parent but the way that um you know she's talking about seeing children as leaders and you know honoring and amplifying the children children themselves and their voices um you know it's an incredible uh essay um and then i don't know if you wanted to read um an as a, a poem that's published here so if you want to talk about that but yeah so um the day that the that this book arrived I was just so excited and combing through it and then I I came across this poem on page 197 and it just touched me so much that I put it on my Facebook <laughs> as my um what's it called uh, yeah as my cover photo but this is the poem the poem is called uh, collective poem on mothering by mamas of color rising in Austin Texas and so here it goes it's hard it's tiring it's painful, but it's love, it's joy, it's peace. Mothering is an act of social justice, creating a community of solidarity and support that models the way we want the world to be, using that collective strength to challenge injustice and build alternatives for ourselves and our communities. How are the children? How are the weakest in our society treated? Parenting socially just people there is enough for each of us. Let's share stories, food, hugs, and laughter. If we can embrace ourselves, our children, and our community, give and find comfort and safety without hiding truths. That was the Mamas of Color rising from our core values, and it's uh, from January 25th, 2009. Nice. Thank you, Yvette, for that. That was awesome. Um, okay. So, yeah, if y'all can get your hands on this book, please support the editors of the everybody who contributed to the book. I think it's. I think someone told me Flor, uh, that Flori mentioned that Ceci, that you haven't felt this way about a book since this bridge we call home. Oh yeah, that reading Revolution and Mothering for the first time. You know, now as a Chicana mother, um, I, it's uh, the similar feeling I had as an un as a college student when I read this bridge called my back as you know um, a young woman yeah, of color first generation in college and you know discovering women of color feminism and it's just now reading revolutionary mothering is just now that I'm a mother um you know it's kind of a lot bringing that into um 
even more of a powerful focus because while there were mothers in this bridge called my back you know i at that point that i read it i did not have a child even though um i had my child when i was in college my final year of college but that was later you know after i became politicized (laughs) 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 and um you know so it's just so i'm taking my time reading this book and kind of you know savoring every um essay so it's it's incredible Wow. Yeah, get your hands. Order it on Amazon. And <laughs> I'm not trying to plug in or, on Amazon, though. Or, uh, oh, well, I think Espacio might have some. So. Oh. Or um, you could borrow mine. We can uh, PDF it. Yeah. <laughs> and send it. Um, I think part of what reading or reading Revolution and Mothering or even, you know, having creating this vision of like what the Chicana Mother Work Collective, um, you know, because we all can't, so all of us, there's five of us in the group um, are either PhDs or PhD uh, candidate or ABDs. So, um, you know, and I think even just this podcast so far just feels incredibly healing and I feel open and safe. And these are all things, and I don't feel any of these things in my home department um, at USC, and it's not just a problem with USC, it's a structural institutional problem at every university and every college across the United States because there is such little support for any graduate student parent. So um, when we're talking about change, you know, we want to change our institutions. So, you know, l- like the organizing that Christine and Yvette and the other Mojeres are doing at UCLA, but we're also talking about change on a larger structural level where this should not be the case, you know, this should not be the status quo at different universities. So, you know, um, it's not just a problem at USC, it's not just a problem at UCLA, it's systemic. Um, and we need, this is where, you know, we have our call to the allies where they can give their time and resources and energy to help you know, the mothers or the parents, the ones who are raising the next generation, and that should be valued and honored in a way that it's completely not at our institutions. So, you know, for example, at USC, I don't have any childcare resources. I don't have access to any reimbursements. So other universities do this. I have zero, I have no financial resources for childcare. Um, you know, the, and that even applies to like, when I apply to a grant for my department, you know, I can't include childcare on there, but mm-hmm. it's like, well, how am I supposed to create a budget when I need childcare to do my work in the first place? But that childcare is not taken as, you know, it's not supposed to be on the budget, you know? So it's just at every step, there's just all these um, inequities. Um, so I'm just really inspired by the other women and mujeres in this group, Chicana Mother Work, but also um, the network that we had. So each of us, you know, have a network of other primarily mothers of color to kind of support us. But, you know, we need, but we are asking for, um, you know, more time and labor from not just other mothers, but allies. Yeah. And that's a good um, segue that um, you want to talk about the mothers of color and academia at UCLA or MOCA. Um, we are a student organization that um, started organizing. We've been trying to organize for a couple of quarters now, almost a year, but I think this is a year where I think most of us, after having our, our babies, um, once they turn, I think, over one it's it becomes a little bit easier to get a little bit more involved and um so the mochas um 
started off to kick well kick started at the work this quarter primarily um and this group is moving forward with a teaching on tuesday at the undercommons at noon um at the ucla jan steps and if you haven't heard about the undercommons we can plug in the undercommons basically it's really pushing back against institutionalized um academics and so it's like bringing education to the people by the people um, without having to worry about tuition and these other things, right? And so um, we're really excited that we're gonna talk about some of the infrastructural struggles and also like the mother scholar struggles that we've experienced in academia and even outside of academia. Um, but more importantly, to have this conversation with parents on campus, especially currently for some of our mothers who are currently breastfeeding um, and just talking about that kind of um, marginalization and exclusion and also um, really pushing on um, pushing us out so we're really going to talk about that and other other things so if you can join us next tuesday at the gen steps at ucla that's where we're going to do our teaching so um we will also we're going to plug in our public action which will be may 10th Dia de las madres mexicanas but also other women's other women and other mothers um, across the globe. So we will, we will, we're pulling in that action at UCLA, led by the MOCA, um, and we'll, we'll talk more about that. We'll have a flyer out um, by next Tuesday at the Undercommons, but also look it out, look for out, look for it on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, so we can support this other group of, organi- of organizers, um, parenting organizers and mothers out there. Um, let me see. Um, just one thing, if you want to follow uh, Mothers of Color Academics uh, the UCLA, we have a group called MOCA de UCLA on Facebook. It's a public group. We'll be posting a petition really soon, so we'd love to have your signatures for that. Um, so definitely um, be on the lookout on Facebook. And so um, if you'd like to um, follow, continue following uh, the work that we're doing, um, you, we have um, Twitter. Our our Twitter handle is um, at Gigana Mothers, uh, and um, to spread the word, we're also using the hashtag uh, hashtag Chicana Mother Work. Um, we also have a Facebook group called Chicana Mother Work, so feel free to join the group. Um, we'll be adding people. Um, you know, hopefully, we'll be adding more mothers. So you know, again, not just those who identify as Chicana, but you know, our focus is primarily to mothers of color, but it is open to anyone. Um, so part of so part of the Chicana Motherwork Collective. So um, we're planning to have this podcast. Um, we're hoping to do it twice a month. Um, and um, in addition to the podcast, we also have um, a website. We have um, a forthcoming article that we're working on where we um, we have presented. So we presented um, some of our work at the American Studies Association in 2014 at the National Chicano Chicana. Um, scholars uh uh in 2015 and um in this summer we're going to present at the um the national latino latina studies association conference here in pasadena um so you know so we're active and sharing our work in in these conference spaces but not only that um you know we're going to follow up with the podcast and continue the podcast we have this article where we're um collective the five of us are collectively writing um an essay which will um we're centering our testimonios so you know we're we're um on the one hand like gloria Anzaldúa says you know risking the personal by sharing our personal stories but we're using we're using testimonio as theory to kind of 
uh, take up space in, um, you know, mostly white among white theorists or white kinds of scholarships. So, you know, we're definitely um, taking these testimonials and our stories uh, seriously. And we're writing about how that therefore informs, you know, the theory and the work that we're doing in the article. So definitely um, we'll be sharing about um, any updates for that. So um, we'll be sharing um, more information and flyers soon. And I think we um, we also have some, we're going to be supporting the International Women's Day March this Sunday, organized by Affirm, a transnational women of color feminist organization at noon at LAPD headquarters. And we'll also attend the Amigas Who Run. Do you want to talk about that, Yvette? It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's This event's organized um, by the Lady Boyle Heights Bridge Runners on March 13th um, at 8 a.m. Um, I think most of us are going to go. I won't be there, but I'll be there in spirit. Um, I'm really excited about this event. Both of these events actually coming up. Okay. And uh, when will our next radio show be, ladies? <laughs> mm, definitely in a month. Vamos a tratar. We'll see. Hopefully in two weeks, but definitely a month from now we'll have uh, episode two. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, we have some shout outs. Okay, shout outs. <laughs> <laughs> we can't leave our homies out. They'd be mad at us. Yeah, I think they're texting me right now. <laughs> <laughs> that event's amazing. Contagious laugh. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, so go for it. Um, just <laughs> shout outs to um, you know all the incredible people who have supported us. Um, you know, including um, so these are we have a lot of topics we want to talk about in future podcasts. Um, our intentions um, and you know even just so a shout out to um, my mother who has you know even so I'm here in LA and all of my family's in the Bay Area. So when as a single, you know, um, living in a single parent home with me and my son, it's especially isolating because I don't have family nearby. However, my mom, um, you know, every once in a while or maybe once a month, she'll come and stay with me a few days. And that's just, I value her, I value her help and her labor. Um, and, you know, even just those few days makes just a big difference. And, you know, Alan Zutl spends time with his grandma. And um, so shout out to my mom and, you know, the way that she's mothered me despite you know, poverty, despite, you know, experiencing so much violence and trauma. And, you know, she was able to um, raise me and I respect that and honor that of my mother. Um, also, a shout out to my two grandmothers, one who I was never able to meet because she passed away when I was a baby, but um, I'm named after her. So she's my uh, tokaya, even though um, I never met her, I still feel very close to her. And um, my other grandma, uh, Gracia, who uh, passed away when I was um, 11, but um, because she lived in Michoacan, I only saw her maybe a handful of times. But you know, I do honor their their work and their labor. Um, also, my friends <laughs> <laughs> who have you know helped me in so many ways um, with mothering or parenting, childcare. You know, uh, Flori, who um, she's she's the only other mother of color that I know really at USC. <laughs> and um, so we've been through a lot together. Um, my friend Nathan, who is a, another graduate student at USC. So he's definitely been there when I've just, sometimes childcare has fallen through and he's been there, um, you know, I needed to go to speak on a panel, he's been there. So, you know, just spending time with me and Alan Cito. 
um, my friend Brittany from the Bay Area. Um, so, oh, um, okay. So we're gonna I'm gonna pass it on to uh, Yvette. Uh, quick shout-outs, because we've got like two minutes left. Uh, Shout-out again to Judy Perez-Torres, the other fellow Chicana Mama, and Michelle Tellez. Um, Shout-out to my mama, too, and my sister Itzel, both of them who have been really helpful and supportive. And then my last shout-out is going to be the Revolutionary Women Writing Group at UCLA, because without mm-hmm. them, I, <laughs> I don't know what I would have done. Quick shout-outs for me. Um, uh, shout out to baby daddy, my partner, my amazing partner Alfredo, um, to my homegirl Citlali, to my homegirl Jackie, Iris, Magali, Yavira, um, and to all the other mamas out there. You're not alone. We're here. We hear you. We see you. Um, I think that's it. Oh, and Esther, <laughs> who's been and a friend of the mamas of color for years. Major mm. ally. And Liana. Liana and, and Nora. Nora. <laughs> The mochas, the mochas. My partner too, <laughs> and my friend, and his, <laughs> for the and his music. That yes, we're, that thank we're using you for the podcast. And Espacio and Radio Sombra, thank you very much for hosting us. And Marco, and for, Marco, for helping us out. For this is our very first podcast for the three of us, so <laughs> trying to engineer over here. Mil gracias a todos. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in a month. <laughs>